0: On March 28th, 1977, the 49th Academy Awards commenced, uh, hosted by four people here. Richard Pryor, Ellen Burstyn, Jane Fonda, and Warren Beatty. What in the hell? How about that for a night in uh, old Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's it going? We're going to be talking about the movie that uh, won Best Picture. That would be Rocky from 1976. Completely dominated that uh, that Academy Awards with uh, 10 nominations total, Uh, matching networks, also 10 nominations. Uh, Incredible year for movies. Um, Welcome to Oscar Sunday. I'm Austin Johnson. I'm Connor Izagari. my man rocky we got technically eight movies uh now in the the entire franchise do you have is this your favorite do you have a favorite uh is this is this the one because it's the original uh i hate to put you on the spot right away but uh oh no man i gotta do it i gotta do it
1: i love every single rocky movie for different reasons um there's always gonna be a soft spot for the original but i honestly think my my personal favorite is creed Whoa, I know I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> that there's something really special about that movie about how everyone thought it was gonna suck and it ended up being this monumental coming of age story and how they balanced an older Rocky with you know Apollo Creed's legacy. I thought it was really smart and really poignant and just not what I expected. And I, yeah, I adore that movie, but I love, like I said, I love all the Rocky movies, but that one's probably my favorite. With the first one being a very,
0: very close second. Okay, I like that. I, I love that. I do think Creed one and two are both very, very strong movies. The first one being a little bit better in my opinion as well. Yeah. I would say my favorite is Rocky four, though. Rocky four, uh, hell yeah! Rocky four is obviously you know the showdown with Drago. I just there's just some legendary stuff as far as the 80s go <laughs> uh, and as far as boxing scenes go i think um, the actual um you know from a to b stuff boxing stuff in, in rocky four is really awesome but ryan coogler and michael b jordan have this this wonderful connection that i hope continues forever um it's similar to you know like fuqua and denzel or spike and denzel where it's just like man these guys just have some kind of connection that they just understand each scene and what's going on. But this one, this would probably be, so it'd probably be for me, Rocky four, and then it'd be Rocky. And then Creed. Those would be, that'd be my top three. Um, this one, you forget every time you watch it, man, every time (laughs) it's just this, it's this methodical slow love story happening. And then this guy, you know, has this opportunity, you know, on the back burner, always on his mind, to like, oh, man, like, I'm really going to do this. And then it literally ends with a bang. It's incredible. And um, what? when's the first time you saw Rocky?
1: First time, I actually watched the Rocky movies for the first time right before I saw Creed. Because I, I thought that looked really good, but I knew that going in, I had no context. So I needed to go back in. So I went and we got a uh, Rocky box set and uh, we marathoned the first two. And after that, I saw Creed and I was like, this is awesome. And then I went back after that and watched the rest of them. Yeah. And I still watch them to, you know, I watch them all the time. They're fucking amazing movies. All of them. I even like Rocky five for different reasons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think there's like, if you are a Rocky fan, there's ways to, you know, to love each one of them and then you also recognize that a couple of them are great yeah <laughs> are truly great movies and and Rocky the story of Rocky kind of reflecting the narrative of it winning best picture is <laughs> yeah no, nothing really has ever happened like that it's it's this like american triumph like 10 nominations here at the 49th academy awards uh, along with Network, which did you, you got to watch Network, right?
1: Yeah, to prep for this, uh, like we did with Pulp Fiction, we, we try yeah. to watch as many of the Best Picture nominees alongside the current topic as we can. And with this one, I had previously seen Taxi Driver, so that was taken care of. And I watched Network, and I tried to watch All the President's Men, but I was unable to find it, as well as uh, Bound for Glory. And uh, yeah, Network was fucking awesome, but it wasn't Rocky. Rocky is a special movie. It's the American dream just wrapped up in this awesome boxing flick. And to see like, you know, unknown Sylvester Stallone writes this movie from his heart, stars in it and goes on to be nominated for two Oscars, have a incredibly successful film career and recapture, you know, another Oscar nomination for playing Rocky for Creed it's so cool how this film propelled him and it's just so there's so many great stories around it. It's, it's hard to explain.
0: Yeah. There's lightning and, in a bottle. Yeah. And if, if you haven't seen Rocky and you're listening or um, you know, if you haven't seen it in a long time, you're like, man, I shouldn't sure remember being that impactful. It's, <clears throat> it is hard to explain. Uh, I agree with you, Connor. I think, being a rocky fan, and I, I first saw this when, sometime when I was in high school, I, I cannot remember exactly when, but I, I did something similar. You know I watched kind of marathoned him in a, in a weekend sort of thing, and just was encapsulated in this world. I do think that being a fan, you, you just have this understanding of like, yeah, they're, they're ours, you know they're, Yeah, <laughs> there are movies. And, and being so proud of Stallone for, for kind of doing it all, you know, yeah. putting himself out there. Uh, we're going to talk about, as we get into the plot, There's certain moments where they're very natural and organic in the way people are reacting to him because people don't know who he is yet. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's amazing that he's still just working, you know, chur- churning stuff out. Um, yeah. Celestia Stallone, he's w- one of the titans of, you know, of, of Hollywood uh, for, for five decades, right? It's just, it's really crazy. How do you feel about him as an actor? It's
1: interesting because before I saw Rocky, I always thought Stallone was kind of a shitty actor, kind of a Jean-Claude Van Damme level action goofy dude. And then I saw Rocky and I realized this guy is unbelievable. He is, there is talent in that man. And films like Rocky and, you know, First Blood really bring this out in him. And you, you really see how much he cares about his performance and how much he cares about the material, especially with Rocky. Rocky's his baby. And, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I adore Stallone now, even his like, you know, goofy shit. Like I love, you know, demolition man and judge dread. I even kind of like. like, I'll, yeah. Stallone's my man. I'll watch anything.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, he has, he has that, the it factor, um, yeah. sim- similar to what the rock has right now. Right. For mm-hmm. movie movie goers. You're like, yeah, I'll go see that. It's him and whoever, it doesn't matter. You can put Jack Black next to him. You can put Kevin Hart next to him. It do, it doesn't matter. People want to see guys like that. These just titans that are entertaining. And I I think personally, when Stallone is allowed to just kind of be a little unhinged and just kind of, I hate to say it, but be himself. That's when he's the, that's when he's the best man. Uh, right here, like you said, it's his baby, Rocky. An uh, incredible movie. But we are gonna talk. Um, quite a bit about the actual 49th Academy Awards. Just like we did with Pulp Fiction, we talked about the awards that occurred in 1995 for the films from 1994. Uh, These occurred in 1977 for the films from 1976. Uh, (laughs) 1976 is a very strong year altogether. Uh, Films that weren't even nominated. There's there's some movies that I know we both love (laughs) from this year. I, I know you did your homework and we're, we're really going to dig in on the, the nominations that Rocky got, which was 10. Yeah. <laughs> uh, w- w- what stands out to you of those 10 that you were like, yeah, that's a, that's a shoot?
1: Uh, obviously, from, you know, best picture, I think this absolutely deserved it. Uh, d- directing, I think Stallone deserved an, a- an uh, acting nom. I think he should have taken screenplay. I think all the heart and soul he put into this, he should have won for screenplay.
0: That's fair, man. That's fair. I think music. I think music is, the music is just, like, still. I was listening to it before we started recording. I was like, I, uh, I mean, Bill Conti is just a genius. Yeah.
1: That's become, like, the, uh, you know, the the go-to song for, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna rock this shit. Like, this is it. It's the, it's the best, like, workout music ever. It's, it gets you pumped. It makes you want to achieve something. It's awesome. Yeah. Music, for sure. Good call.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. So so I think we should go down the line here of I mean there's ten. It really is pretty daunting when you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Pulp fiction had seven, is that correct? I believe. Um I think so, yeah. And so yeah, this is this is a different kind of monster when it comes to uh Oscar best picture winners. <laughs> well, uh, which Pulp Fiction obviously did not do. <laughs> nope. Well, let's take it from the bottom up. First up yes, we sir. have
1: best original song. And that went to Evergreen, the love theme from A Star is Born, from the 1976 remake of A Star is Born. It was up against Gonna Fly Now from Rocky. And uh, yeah, that should have won. A World That Never Was from Half a House. Come to me from The Pink Panther Strikes Again. And (laughs) I still can't believe this was up. Ave Satani from The Omen. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. The Hail Satan chant from The Omen was up for best original song. God, you you just gotta love the 70s, man. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's fantastic. And I mean, I get uh, that, you know, A Star is Born won the best song. I mean, if it's going to win anything, that's going to be the one. It got. We saw that in 2018. But Gonna Fly Now is a special song. <laughs> so,
0: I don't know. <laughs> Extremely. And, and then... Uh, say, same we're in the same uh you know family here of awards that would be best sound yes um sound. yeah which is uh harry warren tetrick who's uh nominated oh man that's interesting Posthumous nomination he was dead when mm-hmm. these awards actually happened that's interesting and, and i believe too yeah yeah and I, I believe yeah for king kong and i believe peter finch won this year yes and he and he had passed away which is oh, yeah. the first ever that,
1: posthumous yeah. actor
0: uh win there's only if, been one
1: other one and that was heath ledger for the dark knight. i was
0: i was just about to say and the dark knight will most certainly be a uh topic on this podcast at some point oh yes you bet your ass so best sound the winner of that category was all the president's men there's a few guys i'm not going to name them all and
1: mm-hmm. then king
0: kong uh, harry warren tetrick rocky harry warren tetrick silver streak donald mitchell douglas williams a few people <laughs> stars born. And uh, All the President's Men, you didn't get to get to that one. But that's a, a very good, very good film. But this is an interesting group. Uh, have you seen Silver Streak? I have. I'm not really a fan, admittedly. I've, I've seen it once. I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't remember it much at all. I was expecting it to be way funnier. And uh, it's more of a crime
1: drama than anything with like a couple laughs thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, if we're yeah. going to talk like Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor, I go straight to stir crazy every time. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> uh, best sound, I never liked that category. Just It sounds wrong. Best sound is so vague. And it eventually evolved into best sound editing and best sound mixing, which way better, I think, way more specific. Correct, yeah. But uh, do you agree with the win
0: for All the President's Men there? Yeah, I have no problem with it. I also would have no problem with with Rocky winning.
1: Yeah. That one's hard to explain unless you really know the like the mechanics of it.
0: Like how to really tell who won that one or who deserved it. And I'm someone who's not in a place to explain that. <laughs> I'm can, someone who will read about it. I can basically
1: edit a podcast. That's the extent of my sound design knowledge.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. This next one's a heavy hitter, though. We got the, uh, the, the one that you were just talking about a minute ago, the uh, screenplay, Sylvester right. Stallone. Yeah. Uh, what's this group like? Original screenplay. We've got three
1: <laughs> movies I've never heard of, and then Rocky and Network. So we've got Seven Beauties by Lena Wertmuller, Rocky by Sylvester Stallone, The Front by Walter Bernstein, Cousin Cuisine by Jean-Charles Tachella and Danielle Thompson, and the winner was network by patty Chayefsky. i as much as i thought network had a brilliant story rocky should have taken screenplay above all else
0: yeah this this is really hard because i also have only seen uh rocky and network out of these five um man we do we do what we can you know uh we <laughs> were yeah. we were born we were born uh you know nice 20 years after this these movies came out so it's really tough but there are some movies we'll talk about later, uh, personal movies from 1976. But I'm definitely interested in seeing um, all three of those because I I really don't know anything about them. Yeah, I me mean, neither. I I know I've never heard of these films.
1: I mean, between the two of us, we've seen a good few thousand films, but there's millions out there. So gonna you know, it'll take us the whole, our entire lives to see everything, and even then, we're only going to scratch the surface. So you know, some things like Austin said are gonna fall through the, through the cracks. And I think these films are definitely gonna be worth a watch. But for prep, I didn't think they were they were probably gonna be difficult to find and wouldn't have uh, been all too relevant to the show anyway.
0: Yeah, I, I was just kind of taking what I had on the streaming services available to me. Like Yeah, exactly. What what nineteen seventy-six movies can I just kind of check out to just to kind of <laughs> get your mind Back in that, you know, in that in that place, there's just way different kind of filmmakers. I, you just look over and there's Fellini's name over there for, for for a for a nomination. It's incredible what's going on in that decade. <laughs> this this next one, we can knock out a couple guys, okay, because um, they were both nominated for best supporting actor. Yes, indeed, two nominations from Rocky. For yeah, Bert this Young and Burgess Meredith. This is, this is a really, really strong group here. Yes. Uh, like Connor said, Burton Burgess for Rocky. <laughs> Lawrence Olivier for Marathon Man. Awesome movie. Yes. Ned Beatty for Network. And Jason Robards for All the President's Men. And he's the winner. Jason Robards, uh, awesome performance in that one. Uh, this is really tough. What say you about this one?
1: Uh, I can't because I haven't seen All the President's Men. I really wanted to specifically for this one. Because I love Jason Robards, and I want to see that performance. Uh, I have seen the rest of these, though. So, Olivier in Marathon Man is a scary performance. He's hey. the best part about that film. And up against these guys, I don't know. Uh, between the two Rocky performances, I think Burgess Meredith has it over Burt Young. I do not th- I do not like Burt Young in the Rocky franchise. I think Paulie's a piece of shit. <laughs> he really... It's a great performance. I don't know if it's worthy of an Oscar.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think I would personally choose Olivier out of this group. I would have taken uh,
1: over Burt Young. I think a nomination for Carl Weathers. There you go. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Apollo Creed gets overlooked in this franchise, but he's one of my favorite characters. God, and then Carl. Ned Beatty in Network. Brief, a brief
0: performance, but strong. He's uh, he's one of those guys who can kind of. Whenever you leave the theater or you know where, wherever you watch a movie and he's in it, sort of thing. He you remember his face; it just kind of yeah. stays in your brain. He's yeah, he's a strong character.
1: But if we're talking network, I would give Robert Duvall a nomination over Ned Beatty. Robert Duvall would get his. Robert Duvall would get his in network. He was he was pretty unreal. Uh yeah, I wish I'd seen all the President's Men to talk about
0: Jason Robards' performance, but you've seen it. Do you think Robards uh, deserved that one? Uh, he, he's incredible. Yeah, I have no problem with him winning. I, I just, I agree with you. Marathon Man is incredible in my, for me as a fan, and Olivier, oof, lights out. Is it safe? <laughs> 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 uh, uh,
1: then we've got, uh, go, let's go to Best Film Editing. Film editing is uh, one of the Oscars that Rocky took home. Uh, up against Two Minute Warning, Network, Bound for Glory, and All the President's Men. Uh, I think this, yeah, for all the for the fight scenes, I think those are yeah. hard to edit, and I think that uh, I think Richard Halsey and Scott Conrad did a really good job editing that fight. So yeah, I think it took, I think it deserved this one
0: yeah for sure I think um time a good boxing movie comes out that's it's bound to be up for this award or maybe win it because of the those very things that you're talking about within the actual boxing you know in inside the ring, there's a lot of cool stuff going on um i i I think cinematography' is one of the ones I think it should have been up for, yeah it kind of to me kind of goes goes along with what i'm talking about here just um there's specifically a shot during the match you know one of the overhead shots when they're both just kind of hugging each other that 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 is really just like it gives you chills (laughs) and uh yeah rocky's a like a gorgeous movie without having that much money and it's it's so cool
1: yeah i agree this for such a small budget it it they were able to do so much with this and they had so much freedom because the producers were betting most of their, uh, their cash on New York, New York, which was their big budget film. So Rocky was kind of just given you know, left to their own devices. And it ended up being a huge sleeper hit in the biggest, the highest grossing film in 1976. <laughs> with only Crazy. 225 million times have changed. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, let's move up to best actress. This is a yes. very interesting group. We've got Liv Ullman from Face to Face, Sissy Spacek from Carrie, <laughs> uh, Marie Christine Baralt from Cousin Cuisine, Talia Shire from Rocky, and the winner, Faye Dunaway from Network. Legend.
0: I, yeah, I think yeah, this is this is Faye Dunaway's award. <laughs> I I think I think Sissy Spacek is the only is the one who would have something to say about that. But but Faye, oh boy. Yeah, just 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 a downright legend. What you know, uh, a soulless,
1: point. soulless bitch
0: <laughs> in network. Yeah, uh, yeah, dude, she barely she blows. She blows me away. I, everything she does blows me away.
1: But Talia Shire as Adrian is a great performance. A very subtle, uh, strong performance of a woman who comes out of her shell thanks to her relationship with Rocky, and. We see her develop more over the course of the franchise, but in the first film, it's, it's a solid, uh, noble performance, but I don't think it's the strongest of the year compared to those five. I think it's, it's, it's Faye Dunaway.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Faye Dunaway Chinatown, three days of the Condor and Network in a row. Come on, man. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. <sighs> Goddamn. She's ridiculous. <laughs> That's Fantastic.
1: Then we've got Best Actor. This is a tough bunch. (laughs) My God. So, we've got Sylvester Stallone up for Rocky. We've got William Holden up for Network. Giancarlo Giannini for Seven Beauties. Robert De Niro for Taxi Driver. And the winner, Peter Finch for Network, who won posthumously. Whew. (laughs) Damn, how do you, where do you even start with that
0: bunch? Well, yeah, you don't want to talk about a guy who's uh, who won and has passed away, but th- this is Bobby De Niro's award, my man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tra- tra- Travis Bickle is one of Scorsese's best characters ever. Um, Taxi Driver is one of his best movies ever. I-, I-, I don't think Taxi Driver should have necessarily won Best Picture, but when we're just talking about Best Actor, Bobby Bobby De Niro is unbelievable on Taxi Driver, doing things that still you rarely see. It took a movie like Joker with a superhero title and uh, you know, all this, this and that, for a movie like that to come out again. <laughs> Taxi well, Driver is 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 uh, monumental.
1: I'll just say this. In 1969, Katherine Hepburn and Barbara Streisand tied for Best Actress. I think this is one of the case, this is a case where Robert De Niro and Peter Finch should have tied. Because I'm on team Finch for this one.
0: That's fair. That's Peter fair. Finch and I, Network. I have no the
1: problem with that performance. And while Stallone is a great is, is great, I think he's his talents are, uh, why the, I think best in screenplay. And as Rocky, he's fantastic. He's he's just heartwarming. He's a wholesome, good man.
0: But <laughs> But Peter Finch and De Niro were just It's not his genius. fault. It's, it's not, not his fault. It's too stacked. You you you, you put him uh, – if if Rocky comes out in a different decade, maybe he wins. Uh, but this is it, – it's just very difficult when you look down the line of the 70s. And we'll talk about each year as this podcast progresses and, and moves along. But it's focusing on 76 here. It's just – there's only five spots. It's competitive. It's stacked, and when you have guys who are have kind of been there for a minute, you know, you're thinking about Bobby Bobby De Niro, man. <laughs> like he, he's at the very peak of his powers, you know, um, when he he's in Taxi Driver, fresh off the Godfather, uh, you know, uh, movie. So I think I, I think it's just really hard for Stallone to even be like mentioned amongst because it's just like, oh man, you you're playing, you're playing with real, the big dogs In a, a yeah. different year. Maybe, maybe it's his in a different year. And then you've got
1: Finch who delivers an incredible performance and then dies suddenly. Yeah. And is the front runner partially because of, I think his death and also, you know, the incredibly strong performance. So it's really tough to beat that. It's really tough to even like hold a candle to that. And frankly, you know, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Yeah. It's, Peter Finch. Yeah. Rest, rest in peace, Pete. Oh my God. Howard Beale. All right. Then we got best director. You've
1: got Lena Wertmuller for seven beauties, Sidney Lumet for network Ingmar Bergman for face to face, Alan J. Pakula for all the president's men and the winner, John G. Avildsen for Rocky. Do you think that this was like, this should have been won by Rocky? Sydney? Sydney, I agree with you. Sydney for you know, network, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I interesting thing about the Rocky whole franchise is this John G guy, I believe, directed two of them. Is that correct? Rocky and Rocky Five. Y- yeah. So you have Rocky himself directing the the others, and then yeah. you have, of course, the uh, Creed movies that are uh, Mr. Ryan Coogler, and Stallone wrote all of them except Creed. Oh, that's yeah. It's just incredible. So there, uh, there's something that tells me if they truly would have gone balls deep and let Sylvester Stallone be the director, I think then maybe this would be deserved. Cause I think he would have done some things that would have made it like almost a little more creative. Cause yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking about, we're talking about Sidney Lumet here, man. I mean, that work is like a technical it's, it's, it's one you would watch in a class, you know, <laughs> it's uh Incredible stuff, yeah. I don't
1: think Sidney Lumet
0: ever won an Oscar. No, I don't think he did either. He was nominated for a few, yeah, yeah, five
1: times 12 Angry Men, Dog Day Afternoon, Network, The Verdict, and then Screenplay for Prince of the
0: City. He got those noirs, he never never won. Unbelievable, those movies are so good. I just watched a movie directed by him not that long ago. I can't even watch too many damn movies. Did and I remember that? Yeah, uh, I, I just sent you a review for it. I, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Anderson tapes. Yeah, it was Sean Connery. Yeah, nineteen seventy-one. Yeah. yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. that dude.
1: Ugh, that dude's worthy of his own fucking episode. <laughs> Sidney Lumet did so many incredible films.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Do you do you have like a favorite? Like, it, are you there as a fan of his or?
1: Um. Of what I've seen, honestly, I think it's a uh, before the devil knows you're dead. Oh that was
0: man! Yeah, a, for a final it.
1: effort, that thing was unreal.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, when he got he got PSH to to give Not us like that. arguably, I mean, this this might sound crazy to some people who haven't seen it. Arguably, his best performance ever, right? PSH. I think so. Where, where yeah, I, I think you agree with me because you've actually sat and watched the movie. I think it's just it's just been underseen and uh there, a lot of people want to watch the classic sydney but yeah. um oh, that movie is oof, a titan
1: yeah i also adore the verdict i think that is a like one of the oh. best courtroom Trump' ever made
0: <laughs> oh, possibly man. my favorite paul newman performance
1: like that there's a lot going on in the verdict that i really like
0: i i think i really like dog day um yeah of course a, a, and and fucking network <laughs> <laughs> I regret I have not seen 12 Angry Men yet. So that, I can't that's that, that one's good. I, I obviously need to rewatch that. That happens a lot, right? When you're constantly, constantly watching movies and they stack up, stack up, you can kind of get lost with what happens and what. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. And uh, that
1: takes us to Best Picture. Here we go. Taxi driver, network, bound for glory, all the president's men, and the winner, Rocky. And I think, yeah, Rocky wins best picture.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is tough. I, yeah, I just feel, I was personally, you, you know me, I'm just really attached to Taxi Driver. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite Scorsese film. You know, I love, uh, I love The Last Waltz, but that, that's, that's a doc more, you know, it's a concert. As far as, you know, the written for the, you know, written for the screen, uh, I think Taxi Driver is my favorite. So it's hard, but we talked about earlier. We're going to talk about it some more. Rocky is the ultimate American story.
1: Yes, indeed. Written by an unknown who then gets his film sold, becomes a superstar. And it's, it's so cool how the story of Rocky parallels the story of Sylvester Stallone. It's so weird. And you just replace boxing with acting and you've got this guy's story. It's really cool. Crazy. And, uh, To prep for this, I also, I watched Rocky 2 again. And uh, in that movie, we see Rocky kind of reeling from his loss, but satisfied. And then the public kind of starts to forget about him. Like he's, you know, just, he's the bum who almost got it. But then Creed wants a rematch because he has such a blow to the ego that he can't believe that this bum from Philly nearly took him out. He has to believe that it was a fluke. In real life, Sylvester Stallone had a string of bad of bombs after Rocky. He did a movie called Fist, and some other movie that just did not work. And so he was starting to fall from public view. You know, the guy who made Rocky was just starting to become another guy. Then he did Rocky Two, and you know, Rocky wins the fight. Stallone had a box office hit, and then shortly after that, he did First Blood, and
0: it just took off. It's weird. (laughs) It's cool. yeah, it's it, it's like an overnight, overnight thing. Like, bam, there he is. He's going to be with us forever.
1: Yep. And he became Hollywood royalty pretty much after that. Uh, before we dive into Rocky, let's talk a little bit about the sequels, the franchise this film had. Oh, yeah. Rocky II came out in 1979. Sees Rocky once again taking on Apollo Creed for the title. Of course, in this one, Rocky does win, takes the title from Creed. Becomes the heavyweight champion of the world, which is where we see him in Rocky Three, 1982. Uh, he fights Clubber Lang. Mr. T loses the title and is then trained by Apollo Creed. I always said it as Mickey taught him how to fight, Apollo taught him how to box. <laughs> That's how I always saw it. Incredible. And that movie was nominated for one Oscar, Best Original Song, for the Survivor classic "Eye of the Tiger." <laughs>
0: Glenn's the man, going to work. Do you remember that commercial?
1: Where the, no. it was, it,
0: it was a parody of the song, and it, I think it was like a oh, Starbucks commercial or something. It was like Glenn, 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 Glenn. Oh it was just this dorky guy named Glenn. <laughs> Glenn's the man, going That's, to work. It was so dumb. stupid. Oh, it's horrible. I, if anyone's listening that remembers that commercial, thank you. I, but I'm sorry. Oh my God. Oh, that, that was
1: followed by Rocky IV, which sees Rocky win the Cold War single handedly by taking on Russian tank Ivan Drago, played by Dolph Lundgren. That fight is extraordinary because <laughs> in real life, Dolph Lundgren would lay out Stallone in one punch. <laughs> and he nearly did. He almost killed Stallone on the set of that movie. It's crazy. Stallone told London, like, right before they were going to film the big fight, he told London, hit me as hard as you can, for real. So, Dol- Dolph London was like, Dope, all right, you're the boss. Sounds good, yeah. And punched him in the ribs so hard, his heart bounced against his rib cage, and Stallone had to be rushed to the hospital. And Dolph, the whole time's freaking out, like, oh, shit, I killed Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> and when Stallone got out of the hospital, I'm assuming he told Dolph, like, look, that was good but maybe bring it down a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, what well, Dolph, you know, Drago kills Creed in a crazy scene, so it's a revenge fight. Rocky IV is fucking awesome. I mean, there's a robot and Paulie assumingly has sex with the robot. But if you can ignore that, the rest of the movie is fantastic.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you can get past the 80s-ness of it, yeah, then you're you're good. If I can change and you could change <laughs>
1: Everybody can change. <laughs> oh, God. Genius. And uh, That was the peak of the franchise for a while. And then we had Rocky V in 1990, where Rocky is told he has brain damage from fighting Drago. So he retires, takes on a protege named Tommy Gunn, played by Tommy Morrison, who died shortly after this from AIDS. In this movie, Tommy Gunn portrays Rocky's ideals, and it ends with a street fight between Rocky and Tommy where Rocky lays him out. It's a very odd movie. It's uh, more of like Stallone wanted to make a movie with his son, Sage. This became that movie. And uh, it's considered the worst of the franchise, but there's things to like about it. I mean, you know, Stallone always gives an impassioned, entertaining, wholesome performance when he plays Rocky. So there's that. <sighs> then we had 2006 Rocky Balboa. Which sees Rocky come out of retirement to face the reigning champ Mason the Line Dixon in a exhibition bout, which would never fucking happen. Rocky's like sixty, and this dude an hate crime. that. It's ridiculous. You must believe that this guy's just like t- taking it from the from Rocky, sixty year old Rocky. <laughs> it's
0: it's a good movie, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah. I, I don't like that one too much because just I, I can't I can't do it. I can't get over it. <laughs> that guy would kill him.
1: He would. He would. Uh and then after that we had a uh nine year gap until two thousand fifteen with Ryan Coogler's Creed, which sees Michael B. Jordan star as Adonis Creed, the illegitimate son of Apollo Creed, who seeks out Rocky Balboa's tutelage to become a boxer. And Rocky, feeling an obligation to his old rival slash friend, takes on Donnie. They become good friends, and he teaches Donnie how to fight like his dad. It's a fucking awesome movie. It's really well done. The characters are so good. Michael B. Jordan's fucking oh, so great. And that was followed by a that was actually nominated for an Oscar too, Best Supporting Actor for Sylvester Stallone, which he lost to Mark Rylance for Bridge of Spies. I think he was robbed. I think that was Stallone's Oscar. Still bitter about that.
0: I would have to look at that group. I'm not sure who else is there. But, yeah, I definitely don't think Rylance was the best from that year. Stallone did win the Golden Globe,
1: though. So, there's that. He did get that. Of course. Of course. Uh, that was followed in 2018 by Creed 2, the most recent film of this franchise, where – Adonis Creed goes up against Victor Drago, the son of Ivan Drago, the man who killed his father. And this was surprisingly poignant. I really liked Creed 2 because it explored Drago's side of this whole thing. Explored like the demons that has been haunting Drago for his whole life because he lost that fight and how Russia turned its back on him, how his son is his ticket out of the slums of Russia. And it's, it's a really cool way to do that, to take one of cinema's most reviled villains and give him a lighter side. That actually worked. I, I praised Lundgren's performance in that. I think he is crazy good. Yeah, Creed 2, I don't think it's enough credit. That was really good.
0: Yeah, I agreed. They're, they're both incredible stuff. I can't wait to see what those two guys do together, man. Kugler and Michael B. Oof. They are. They did announce they are going to do Creed three.
1: Uh, no word yet on if Stallone will be a part of that. Rocky story is pretty much over as of Creed 2. But let's talk about where it began in Rocky. IMDb score 8.1. Rotten Tomatoes score 94%. It's a classic. It's an American classic. <laughs> so we open in Philly, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, home to underdog fighter Rocky Balboa. Rocky is fighting Spider Rico. In a prize fight, <laughs> yeah, he's a prize fighter. Spider Rico, <laughs> and they're fighting, and uh, it's prison rules. So Spider grabs Rocky, headbutts him in the face. Rocky jumps on fucking Spider and just beats him down. He wins that fight. Ends up getting like forty bucks for the fight. His his prize money was like eighty bucks minus taxes. So he ends up with 40 bucks. Spider-Rico ends up with 1780. <laughs> Jesus. And yeah, people are just shouting at Rocky, you know, you're a bum. You're nothing. You're just a washed-up prize fighter, you know, fighting for pennies. And uh Rocky walks home in the night. We he goes to his home in Kensington, which I've been told is a very dangerous neighborhood now. <laughs> My uh, my grandma grew up in Philly, so she would she she loves these movies. Uh, she's pointing out buildings like I go there. I used to go there. Oh, I've been on that bridge and stuff like that. It was, it was really
0: funny. It's <laughs> awesome. Is she a big fan of It's Always Sunny too? She hasn't watched that. I've... <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wonder what she would think.
0: I like life at Betty's pub. <laughs> I'm doing man. I can't fucking philly has been
1: ruined for me by that show.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: Good. <laughs> when he goes by the Italian market, I just keep thinking like, well, I'm not, I will not pay full price. That <laughs> just will not happen.
0: You ate the whole thing? The core too? <laughs> yeah. It kind of tasted like sand. Oh man. What's your spaghetti policy here? <laughs> Goddamn.
1: <laughs> well, Rocky goes to his one room apartment he feeds his pet turtles, cuff and link, and uh looks a pi- kind of reflects at a picture of himself from his youth grabs some ice from the freezer, puts it on his wound from the fight, lays down next morning. he goes to a local pet shop where he visits Adrian, the girl he likes she's shy and quiet, and uh her brother Paulie is uh rocky's best friend and he's a brash asshole. Who- constantly belittles her and says that she's worthless and is never going to find a good man. Not the best brother you could have.
0: No. And you pointed out earlier, he pisses me off, like pisses me off every little face facial expression the, the mixed signals he gives constantly. Like, what do you want from these two? What do you want, man? Like, You're like, come on, let's have a beer. Y'all, y'all take my sister out. And then you, you, shut the
1: fuck up, man. (laughs) He begs Rocky for a job and he's like, I don't want no charity. Like, what the fuck do you want, man? He's bipolar. And Polly. He fucks over Rocky in every single movie. He is constantly gambling behind his back. You know, he's the one who makes Rocky lose his entire fortune in, I think, uh, five. Yeah. Yeah. And Rocky the whole time is just like, forget about it. Like, he owes Paulie something. It's, it's insane. I don't get their relationship. I just don't. Well, This, this one time he uh, bought me lunch. I still owe him. It feels like that. Like, that's the least amount. Like, he, bar- he brought me a beer. Like, bullshit. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: uh, so Rocky goes down to the docks where we find out that his real job is he's a collector for this mob boss named Gazzo, played by Joe Spinell. Uh, classic. Creepy dude actor. <laughs> you ever seen Maniac? He's the guy from Maniac. And uh yeah, he's a loan shark, and Rocky collects for him. But he's too nice. He can't, you know. He's supposed to break this dude's thumb, and the guy's like, "Come on, don't do it." And Rocky's like, "All right, just pay me what you got." He's he's too nice to be an enforcer. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. He's and even the Bob Boss is like, "Dude, come on! I need you to break thumbs when I tell you to break thumbs." But don't worry about it. You're right, Rock. <laughs> it's. It's so on, his relationship with Gazo is so strange. He's like, he works for him. He's this dangerous mob bot, but he's also very supportive of Rocky's fighting. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hey, how's your, how's your right jab coming along? Huh? Yeah. Reminds me of fat Tony from the Simpsons, which is like kind of a gangster, but not really.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a good call.
1: <laughs> uh, Gazo gives Rocky twenty bucks for the collection assignment, tells me you know I'm going to have more work for you, but next time you know do what I say, I need you to do what i say and uh <laughs> the uh the thug in the car lets out a comment about Rocky's face as he and Gazo get out of the car to talk in private and on the street. Gazo you know gives Rocky some shit, and <laughs> the guy in the car insults Rocky by calling him a meat bag and Rocky. Gets out of the car and yells back, I should have broke your thumbs. It's, it's so, I don't know. It makes me laugh. Because I know it's an empty threat. Rocky's not breaking <laughs> any of <those> <laughs> Come on, Rocky? Yeah. Later that day, Rocky goes to Mickey's gym to find that his locker's been cleaned out and his stuff is hanging on this hook. And apparently that signifies, you know, you're a bum. It's Skid Row. And Rocky's offended and hurt that his locker's been cleaned out. So he goes to find Mickey who's this elderly, temperamental boxing coach. And uh, he's working with this new guy, Dipper Brown. Rocky asks him about the locker, and Mickey tells him, you know, this guy, Dipper, he's an up-and-comer. Rocky's yesterday's news. He's a bum. He had his shot. If if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. He's he's not going to happen for Rocky. And Rocky's, you know, angry. He's feeling rejected, so he goes home. Well, no, first he goes well, he goes back to see Adrian at the pet store and asks her if she wants to go to a basketball game. she refuses he has to walk her home she turns him down and uh he warns her that it's dangerous at night and suggests she take a taxi
0: he's such a good person <laughs> yeah, just making sure you're good i i love i love I love the way he like when he's just standing outside the door and he's like, "I look like an idiot when he's t- <laughs> when he's talking to her oh man, so good I love the goofy
1: jokes he keeps trying to Tell Adrian. Yeah, he's like, oh, tough crowd. You don't
0: like jokes, yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah, like this—the food scared my turtle and he got shell shock. Like, just stupid shit like that. (laughs) Rocky goes to the uh, Lucky Seven Tavern for a beer. He meets Paulie, who's freaking out in the bathroom because the mirror's broken. Rocky tells him about Adrian, and he. You know, yells at Rocky that she's a loser. She can't take care of herself. Says the guy who makes his sister do everything for him. (laughs) Pauly asked Rocky if she'd like to take Adrian out on a date because she never leaves the house. And Rocky's like, yeah, I'd like to do that. Pauly takes his beer. He leaves. Rocky sits at the bar drinking his beer, watches TV, and sees that the heavyweight champion of the world, Mr. Apollo Creed, is on TV talking about this match they're going to do for the – philly anniversary or something like that and carl weathers goddamn! i as apollo creed i love carl weathers that guy never got to be as big as he should have been i mean you know rocky predator love carl weathers
0: yeah yeah he's kind of become this like funny thing like in pop culture but i i, I agree with you i think he's got way more to offer and yeah. and these these scenes this movie is very simple and it doesn't have like this big mega twist or anything. It's not trying to do that. It's trying to just tell a simple story about a man, an American man hoping to one day get a chance at his dreams. And he finally does. Yeah. And like, that's what it's about. These scenes are so strong and, and and so well shot and well executed where he's just sitting at the bar and there's just enough patience to understand kind of like the stakes of like okay, this is what's going on. This is the buildup. And when we finally do find out that the Italian stallion is going to be the one in the ring, it, 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 it just makes more sense because of that, that the right amount of patience that, they, that it, that it uh, has right here at the beginning, beginning stages of the film. I've always respected that about Rocky.
1: Yeah. Well, and I love how Creed is presented as this arrogant but talented fighter who's never had a real challenge in his whole career. So of course he doesn't see Rocky as a threat. It's just, you know, some bum from Philly. He's this showboating clown almost who has been so good for so long he's forgotten what a challenge is. And Rocky represents, you know, a next level in his career that he didn't know he could reach. I like that. You get to see a lot more of that in Rocky too, of how Creed reacts to this and how he reacts to Rocky. And it's not hatred. It's not, you know, just he doesn't despise this man. He doesn't see this man as like, you know, a monster to his career. Like, you know, you ruined my life. It's more of a, that dude's good. I got to prove that I can actually beat him. And then Rocky three comes around and you know, he offers to help him. It's cool. The relationship between Rocky and Creed is really the heart of this franchise.
0: And I love that. Oh yeah. Car- Carl and Carlin and slide. Just going back and forth is, is great because it is, it's Uber competitive, but they, there isn't, there isn't any hatred there. It's all. Um, and of course it comes full circle to now where we're at in the franchise today. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it really is kind of beautiful. Just like the, that, that camaraderie, you know, you have with a guy, but you're also just, I got to beat you, you know, um, whatever it takes. You're, you're someone that pushes me to that limit. You know, we've talked about, we've talked about movie characters like that on the film and podcast. And surely we'll surely be doing it here on the, oscar sunday podcast because we love characters like that who just they're kind of like michael jordan you know you know what i mean they just bring it on like let's go and that's what we have here
1: (laughs) totally absolutely and this next scene kind of is just here for further evidence that rocky's like the, the nicest man on earth he sees a bunch of kids uh drinking and smoking cigarettes and he sees one of them is this underage girl he knows so he pulls her out of the group and walks her home and gives her a lecture about respect and how you know she shouldn't be hanging out with people like that. And she's got her whole life ahead of her. And She he walks her home. She calls her. She calls him a creepo and runs away. But the fact that we get a scene where Rocky literally tells a kid like, "No, say no to
0: drugs." <laughs> it's it's a little on the nose, but I like it. It's cute. Yeah, but then yeah, I I agree with you. It it, it is. It's it is cute, but it's got her flicking him off like creepo. And it's also got him, like, explaining to her what the word whore means in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. R- real, weird. <laughs> real weird. Real weird. little weird. L- little, yeah, a little creepy. So I understand her reaction. I just, I, I remember when I was watching this um, this past time, I was just kind of like, God, that scene's so, so odd. <laughs> <laughs> Every great movie has their odd scene. It, it has to, but you... Again, if you're a Rocky fan, you you dig stallone just walking down the street with the the whole persona, with the the costume, with the the voice and everything. So it, it works for me. <laughs> in the background, you just hear doo doo doo.
1: Exactly. Doo, 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 doo. Like a soft Rocky theme. I love it. Uh, the next day in New York, Apollo Creed, his trainer Tony are meeting with this fight promoter to discuss, you know, possible fighters for this big New Year's Day event. And Creed's beat everyone. There's no contender. There's no possible, you know, dude in the league to, to be a worthy uh, challenge. So uh, Creed has an epiphany. He is going to take on a small-timer, small-time fighter, give him a shot at the title. And everyone thinks this is great, and they start setting the plan in motion. Meanwhile, Rocky gets dropped off at his house by Gazzo and Buddy, the weird thug, after his latest collection job. They talk about Adrian. It's weird that Rocky's talking about his personal life to this Lone Shark guy, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, Rocky wonders, like, how did they know about him and Adrian, and Gazzo's like, I hear things. Oh, there you go. He's <laughs> keeping track of his people. <laughs> Buddy calls Adrian a retard and says he should take her to the zoo because retards like the zoo. Rocky lunges at him. Gazzo separates them. You don't insult Adrian in front of Rocky. Gazzo gives Rocky 50 bucks for the date. And uh, tells Rocky, take her to the zoo. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. At Apollo's office, he's looking through a book of local club fighters in Philly, and they come across Rocky because Apollo likes his nickname, the Italian Stallion. Creed, thinks you know. Apollo Creed versus the Italian Stallion is the perfect bill. Everyone's going to line up to see that. And, yeah, he's right. That evening on Thanksgiving, yeah. Rocky and Polly are walking home. Polly is kind of – he's begging but not really or, uh, for Rocky to get him a job with Gazzo as a collector because he hates working at the meatpacking factory. And Rocky kind of shrugs him off like, well, he's not really hiring right now. <laughs> like like Gazzo is going to be accepting applications. It's funny. <laughs> and uh, just shows how little Rocky kind of understands about the world outside of boxing. He's so naive about everything. Yeah, this is him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they go to Polly's house. Adrian's making Thanksgiving dinner. She comes out of the kitchen to greet Polly. And uh, when she sees Rocky, he says hello. And she walks back into the kitchen because she's embarrassed. And Polly gets her out of there and tells her to go out with Rocky for the night. But Adrian's like, you know, it's Thanksgiving. I'm making a turkey. Polly goes to the kitchen, grabs the turkey out of the oven, and chucks it out the back door. Cause he's a class act. God. Adrian begins to cry. Polly yells at her to go out. Rocky's like, "No, it's it's all right. We don't have to do this." And Polly's like, "The hell you don't get out of there!" Holy shit! <laughs> Not the way you want to start a first date. Holy shit.
0: Oh. No, and and Rocky still has the the composure to just kind of like, "All right, well, you want to go get something to eat?" <laughs> what? Yeah, but he's like. I love
1: that he like he repeatedly says to her, like, look, we don't have to go out. I know this is awkward. Like, you know, if you really want to go out, we can, but you don't have to. And she opens the door. She's dressed up, ready to go. Like, let's get out of here. I <laughs> can't be here right now. So she and Rocky head for the local ice rink. Rocky uh, bribes the, the uh, Zamboni guy, 10 bucks, and they have the rink to themselves for 10 minutes. And it's a nice, sweet bonding moment where Rocky runs alongside Adrian as she's skating and tells her about the fights he's done and how, you know, everything's special to him. And uh after the date, Rocky and Adrian go back to his apartment and she's pretty hesitant about going inside, but he tells her, you know, it's okay. So, you know, everything's fine. Come on in. We we just hung out on a,
0: you know, a nice fr- fr- friend, friends listen to endless Love in the Dark. <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. Yes. Totally has that vibe. And this scene's a little more uncomfortable than I remember it being. Uh, very.
0: she Br- is Brown-, very Brown and I definitely were like, whoa. Yeah.
1: Took a left turn. She's very much against, like, she says no many times. But he kind of, he blocks her from leaving and kind of insists upon, you know, kissing her. It's a... Uh, it's weird. I know he's, his heart's in the right place. He's a good person in every other scene of every other movie, but this one scene is is tough.
0: It blurs the line of consent a bit. Why? Why does it do this? Like, I don't know. Uh, it, it's very similar to some of the uh, the old James Bond movies. Like, what, why, do we, why does he have to have that extra oomph, that extra push of like, I'm a dick? Like, what, why do we have that? Cause it,
1: I think, cause it needs to be like he needs to be the one who finally like gets her out of her shell by, you know, making her feel beautiful or something. But there are uh, ways to do that
0: without being, you know, a little bit rapey. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely knocks, knocks it a little bit. Not, not like I'm not gonna like sit here and dog Rocky all day just because of this, this part. But it, it, it is weird. It kind of takes you away for a second.
1: I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought that because I brought that up when I was watching it with my family
0: and they were all kind of like, "Yeah, it's weird, but it's nothing." And I'm like, "I don't know. I think it's something." <laughs> it's just kind of like it wouldn't go down in a movie today, sort of thing. Like, you, no, n- not how not with the not, hero. Not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Of course, it would happen in a film, but not. Yeah. Not with Rocky. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, after that, they end up making out for a while, and uh, it's very clear she has feelings for him. Because he's the only one who's ever nice to her. The next day, Rocky heads to Mickey's gym, and Mick tells him that the fight promoter's office called, looking for you know, he's looking for sparring partners. Rocky says, "You know, well, all right, that's cool. Maybe they're looking for sparring partners." And Mick's like, "You're a bum!" Like he just keeps yelling at him. Like, "No, we don't want you." And uh, Rocky asks why, after all this time, Mick's you know, kind of fucking him over, like leaving him alone. And Mick says, "You know, I don't want to talk about it." Rocky demands to know, and Mick yells at him because Rocky had the talent and the heart to be a great fighter, but he chose to be a leg breaker for the Lone Shark, and he resents that. Mick says, you know, you wasted your shot, and I don't have time to deal with a bum. You know, I've got real fighters here that I can groom for a shot at the title, but you are a lost cause. (laughs) Rocky's like, you know, it's a living. I got to do what I got to do. And uh, Rocky goes to see that fight promoter, And tells, you know, I'm willing to work out with, you know, I'd be an honor to spar with with, with the champ. I'm, you know, I'll give it my all. And the guy's like, Rocky, I want to give you a chance to fight Apollo Creed on New Year's Eve for a chance at the title. And Rocky's like, no. (laughs) Like his first instinct's like, no. (laughs) I get it, you know, it's a big moment. And the guy tells it, Rocky, that, you know, Creed chose him personally. It's a -a once-in-a-lifetime shot. And if you don't take this, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. This is, you know, the champ chose you. And Rocky's thinking about it like, holy shit. He realizes this is the moment where his life is going to change forever. And we as the audience, you know, see him make this decision in his head. Yes. And uh, back at Paulie's house, Rocky, Adrian, and Pauly are watching a TV interview with Apollo and Rocky about the upcoming fight. And they see that Apollo's taunting Rocky the whole time. Pauly tells Rocky he should break his legs. And Rocky's like, you know, oh, Taunts don't bother me. Adrian tells Pauly, you, you know, Rocky's got a good chance of winning this thing. And uh, <laughs> Rocky shouts out to Adrian on the TV, and she gets really happy about that. It was <laughs> so sweet. But when she starts saying things against Pauly, starts, you know, standing up for herself, he gets pissed, stands up, storms out of the room, Rocky gets ready to leave. Adrian follows him outside and, uh, it's crazy. Rock, uh, Adrian and Polly finally have it out. Adrian yells at Polly Like, you know, I've taken care of you my your whole life. You know, you're an asshole. I'm done with this. And she moves in with Rocky. It's nice. It was a good moment for her. I think that's the scene that got Talia Shire a nomination.
0: Yeah. 100%. That's the moment.
1: <laughs> uh, the following evening, Rocky meets with Gazzo outside Pat's Steakhouse Grill where they get some cheesesteaks. And uh, Gazo gives Rocky 500 bucks for training expenses, wishing him the best. What a good, if I was ever going to have to work for a loan shark, I'd want to work for this guy. <laughs> He's like the <laughs> nicest mobster in the world. He really cares about Rocky.
0: <laughs> the pushover mobster. It's hilarious.
1: Uh, <laughs> A few hours later, Mick, who heard about Rocky's shot at the title, goes to see Rocky at his apartment and starts telling him about his old days as a featherweight fighter during the '30s and all the injuries he endured. (laughs) And he tells Rocky that he wants to be his manager. He says he has a shot, and Rocky's like, "Oh, I got a shot, but I don't have a locker. Now, do I, Mick?" (laughs) It's a big. Rocky's like, "You know, what about you know? Now that I am in the spotlight, you want you You want to be part of my?" whole thing and you know what about then and i think this is the scene that got stallone and burgess meredith the nomination because they stallone gives it his all just freaking out and all that pent-up aggression about mick betraying him comes out and it's a great scene because even after mick leaves rocky's still screaming about it
0: yeah yeah wonderful stuff and you are kind of wondering up until then like man is he just going to keep letting that whole thing go of like losing his entire spot at the gym. So is he just going to let that go? And then finally he explodes.
1: Yeah. Well, this is more about, you know, it's more about Mick calling him a bum the whole time until Rocky's got a chance. And now all of a sudden, you know, Mick wants to be back in his good graces and, you know, Mick goes to leave Rocky's still shouting at him. And then Mick's halfway up the street. Rocky runs out of his apartment and apologizes to him. Cause he's such a nice guy. <laughs> he. I love that. He runs out of his apartment, apologizes to Mick, and says, like,
0: yeah, you can be my manager. You are a bum, Rocky. You should – fuck him, man. You should have found somebody else. Nah, without Mick, he would have lost. (laughs) Well, I mean, he would have lost anyway, but he would have lost harder. Mick, (laughs) he needs Mick. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I just hate – I hate that he chases him after He, he leaves. Almost
1: everybody in this entire franchise except for Adrian just uses Rocky constantly. Because they know they can. Yeah. The next morning, Rocky gets up at four in the morning, prepares for a morning run by drinking half a dozen raw eggs, leading to salmonella across the fucking world when people tried to cop- tried to copy this. Yes. <laughs> Not a good idea to just chug raw eggs. Never a good idea. That's... <laughs> Starts running through the Philly streets, runs up the stairs of the Philly Art Museum, but... Can't reach it all the way because he's a little, out, a little out of shape, out of breath. So he goes to see Polly at the meat processing plant. They talk about Adrian. Pauly just straight up asks, like, are you sleeping with my sister? And Rocky's like, I don't have I'm not answering that. Like, that's our that's my business. That's her business. And he's like, did you do it? And he's like, I'm not gonna talk about that, Polly. And Rocky says, you know. You want to know why I can't get you a job with Gazo? Because you talk too much. Rocky says he's ready to leave because of the cold, and Polly starts hitting a huge side of beef hanging from the ceiling, taunting Rocky. Rocky steps over, starts throwing punches into the meat, breaking the ribs, and <laughs> he ends up using the meat factory as a sparring fact, like a sparring unit. It's kind of cool. He ends up, you know, slapping the meat. Part of, yeah, part of Rocky's
0: training regiment is, uh, is
1: beating the meat. Smart. Very
0: smart. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll always be, um, iconic. Yeah. Yeah. An iconic joke that'll, that'll come out of the, uh, Rocky Rocky is the extended scenes of him beating, beating meat. It's, it's funny.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at Pauly's apartment, Adrian starts, uh, kind of tending to Rocky's cut up hands from hitting the meat. And, uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) didn't think it'd get brought up that quickly. (laughs) Beating the meat again. What? Rocky injured himself.
1: Just, he's beating the meat too much. And you know, that's what happens. You can only do it like two, three times a day or else you're (laughs) going to get hurt. Poor Adrian. Yeah. She starts, uh, kissing him they start to get intimate and he keeps he backs her off says there's no fooling around during training
0: (laughs) oh now now you don't want to fool around okay Mm
1: -hmm. rocky starts training with mick and uh two girls walk in ask for rocky's autograph and mick kicks them out and tells rocky women weaken legs and lay off the pet shop dame (laughs) Mick's insane (laughs) rocky tells him that you know i really like her and mick's you know Says you know women are a distraction, so don't you know don't go there and mix like Rocky's like all right, I won't fool around. The next day or a few days later, Rocky's jogging to his apartment building. Adrian's waiting on the steps with a surprise for him. She's purchased uh, a bull the bulldog mastiff from the pet shop that Rocky really likes. A dog called Butkus, and he is so happy and excited, and he starts jogging around with this dog. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, Rocky and Budkiss go to Pauly's workplace. They find a TV news van in the back. Rocky finds Pauly and tells Rocky he needs publicity. But Rocky's mad because he wanted privacy. He doesn't like that Pauly went behind his back on this. But Pauly does this for fucking ever. The rest of the franchise just constantly going behind Rocky's back for stupid shit. That's his main trait.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very convenient for Pauly. Rocky
1: and Polly go inside. The news reporter wants a demonstration on how exactly Rocky beats his meat. And uh, he does – he gives quite a vigorous demonstration and (laughs) starts jabbing at the the meat while the news camera looks on. And uh, Tony, Apollo's trainer, is watching this interview, and he realizes that Rocky's way more of a threat than they thought, that Rocky's got speed, he's got skill. But Apollo kind of just shrugs this off. Christmas Eve, Polly's walking home drunk, and uh, this is my apologies. This is the scene where Adrian loses it on Polly. Uh, Rock and Adrian are watching TV. Polly comes in, and uh, they're talking about the publicity stunt. And he overhears the conversation, walks in the room, and threatens them both with a baseball bat to leave the leave the house. <laughs> and <laughs> tells Rocky he's going to break his arms. Ugh! He starts swinging at a lamp. Polly starts ranting that he never did anything wrong to Rocky. He even let him go out with his sister. Polly admits the truth about why he hates Adrian so much, starts smashing things with the bat. Polly shouts that Adrian owes him, but Adrian stands up and says, "You know, I don't owe you, Dick. I'm the one who takes care of you, and i'm never I'm fucking not done with this. <laughs> she runs to her room crying. Rocky grabs Polly ready to punch him, but realizes, you know, Polly's drunk, he's weak, it wouldn't be worth it." Let's him go. Goes to talk to Adrian, and she asks Rocky if, she, if he wants a roommate. He's like, absolutely, <laughs> without hesitation. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's the scene that got Talia Shire the nomination. Finally, standing up for herself.
0: Yeah, thank God. We've all we all wanted to scream at his ass. Oh
1: God, I wish Rocky would just one punch, just tap him one time, and I think a lot of that shit would have gone down. Like, would have just gone away. Knowing that Rocky would be willing to kick his ass, I think would have been enough for Polly to back off. (laughs) Uh, uh, A couple days later, Rocky's training. Mick introduces him to their cut man, uh, a guy named Al. And what the cut man does, this is grisly, but in a fight, the eyes get damaged. They become puffy. You know, black eyes swell. These guys cut open the eye a little bit to release some of the blood so that I will open a bit more. It's grisly, but it happens, and it's necessary for the fights to go down. But whew, God, damn, I don't know if I had I'd have the stomach for that. Someone cut and open my eye so that I could see better. Hell Oof. no, that takes some balls, man. <laughs> God, uh, Rocky gets out of the ring, starts hitting the heavy bag. Paulie walks in, offers Rocky an advertising job for him. Says if you know Rocky's. Like, all right, if you can make money off my name, do it, whatever you need to do. And that's when we get the montage of Rocky running around Philadelphia, hit, you know, training into that song, going to fly now by Bill Conti. And he finally, he runs up the stairs, of the art museum, makes it all the way to the top. He's in shape. He's on his way. <laughs> the next night Rocky and Adrian are in bed at his apartment, but Rocky can't sleep. He goes out of his, He gets out of his bed, puts his coat on, goes to the Spectrum Arena where this fight's going to go down. Rocky stands in the center of the ring, looks around to see that the place is prepared for the fight. The fight promoter guy shows up, tells Rocky – Rocky tells him the stripes on his shorts are wrong and the giant painting of him, but the guy just kind of dismisses it, saying he believes Rocky's going to give the world an incredible show. Rocky goes back home. Adriana wakes up. Uh, Rocky's a little upset, and he tells her, you know, no one's ever beaten Apollo Creed. And he knows that he can't do it, but if he can go the distance, if he can make it 15 rounds with this guy, then he will show the world that he has what it takes. That he's not a bum. That he is a fighter, and he more more than showing the world to be able to show himself that he's got yes. it. Yes, he is a yes. That he's worth it. <sighs> then we go to the fight, the thing where you know the scene everybody's been waiting for, the big fight. Rocky and Apollo are getting prepared. Rocky. You know, walks, he starts making his way towards the ring, and uh, Paulie's there with a the call girl, of course. <laughs> Gazo's there with another woman, and uh, Apollo comes out dressed as George Washington with a big old hat because it's the American Bicentennial. It's ridiculous. He's yelling at people, I want you, I want you. <laughs> he wears an Uncle Sam hat, and Rocky's looking at him, like, Okay, <laughs> this is funny. Uh, so they return to their corners and wait for the bell. The fight begins. Apollo starts throwing punches at Rocky. Most of them miss, but one thing that really bugs me in these first two movies, at least, Rocky never blocks a single goddamn shot. He just lets Creed punch him in the face.
0: Yeah, God, Constantly. he gets he gets rocked in a couple of rounds where it's like, dude, and the commentator says he does, He can't even get his hands up to block him. <laughs>
1: But Rocky dodges one of his big punches, swings at Apollo, knocks him down. the first time in his career that Creed has been knocked down and everyone loses their shit, including Creed who's like, "What the fuck was that? Who is this guy?" And suddenly it's no longer an exhibition bout. Creed starts taking this seriously. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. The rounds progress. Rocky and Apollo are pretty evenly matched. They're taking you know each one is given as good as they're getting. And uh, Rocky's right eye gets swollen. He can't open it. So, yeah, has Mick cut him? And he just slices open the eye with a box cutter so the blood comes out. Fuck,
0: man. Crazy.
1: (laughs) Uh, Apollo's getting tired, hurt badly. Rocky's throwing body shots. He breaks one of his ribs, possibly. (laughs) Round 14, Apollo knocks Rocky down, and Mick tells him to stay down. But Adrian comes out of the locker room, sees the ring and Rocky sees her, and inspire, that inspires him to get up. Classic. <laughs> and Creed's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> he really thought he had him. <laughs> Apollo's exhausted now. He throws a punch at Rocky. Rocky ducks, jabs him in the chest, gets him in the ribs again. And uh, b- Bell rings. Rocky claims he can't see anything. Yeah, this is when he told him to cut up in the eye. Bell for the 15th. Yeah. Round of Rings, Apollo and Rocky start taking their, you know, taking their time. They're both exhausted. Apollo gets Rocky in the face a few times. Apollo is now protecting his ribs. Rocky gets him in the last 10 seconds of the round, just beats Apollo senseless, pins him to the ropes. It's fucking awesome. The whole crowd is cheering Rocky on, chanting his name. The bell signifies, you know, the fight's over. Apollo tells Rocky there won't be a rematch. And Rocky's like, I don't want one. <laughs> The ring a storm by reporters, and I I love that they're asking these people questions right after they just got the shit beat out of them. <laughs> like they're going to be able to have coherent sentences at all.
0: Adrian,
1: Rocky's eyes are both swollen shut. He's just screaming, Adrian, like <laughs> as loud as he can. <laughs> and the uh, the verdict is it's a split decision, so Creed keeps the keeps the title, but Rocky doesn't care. He went the distance. He made it fifteen rounds with Creed, and he embraces uh Adrian says, you know, we did it, I, you know, and he, they hug. He say, you know, they both say that they, you know, I love you. And the movie ends right there. It's, it's just perfect. It's so good. It's so wholesome. And it's fucking awesome to see this, you know, the little guy from Philly take on the champ and almost get it. And then, you know, Rocky too. he does get it. It's fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. And, and I love that they, in the movie, in the movies, sorry, Right after the fight ends, because it, it doesn't need any of that time to linger, or and then you know they became buddies after that. Yep. It just that was the fight, that's what we were building up towards. There you go, he's gonna hang out with Adrian. Yep, because Rocky and
1: Apollo are so evenly matched that Apollo, you know, over the course of this franchise, he, he gained respect and even admiration for Rocky. <sighs> God damn, I love it! Solid, solid. Wow. So what is your favorite part of Rocky? Like if you had to pick a favorite
0: Favorite part is the fight, the fight, there's there's specific <laughs> scenes. And I also really like when he's at Spectrum Arena the night before and he's walking around and there's just a few, there's a few shots because of the two um, banners with them on them. Yeah. There's a couple shots where it's like lined up or they're, they're parallel with each other. And it, just, it looks gorgeous. It makes that 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 arena looks really cool. I want to be there so bad. Uh, I want to be in one of those in one of those chairs. Uh, yeah, uh, there's definitely like we we mentioned earlier, the you know kind of flirting with the line of consent is just something that not doesn't age well. Yeah. But as far as as far as the boxing goes, it ages very well. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. My
1: favorite moment in this film, if I had to pick, is easily when Rocky knocks Creed down the first time. When it's just, you know, poof. And everyone's like, whoa, because it never happened before. And suddenly everybody realizes that this is not going to be your average fight with Creed. This is something special. And, yeah. Fuck yeah. Such a satisfying film.
0: Yeah, if you were were a ticket holder for that, and you're like, oh, I got this ticket for this exhibition match between apollo and this you know prize fighter this amateur guy yeah, who's who's in his you know in his 30s and you you go and you're like oh this is cool this is a cool arena i, I like how they did this you know this is a nice this is a nice event and then it gets underway and that happens and then all of a sudden you're a part of history you're like oh my god it's Ali foreman it's, it's like you
1: know it's, it's yes
0: huge. <laughs> yeah it, yeah it's it, you know inspired by um the boxer Chuck, I believe, Webner was his name, who went, yeah. went, the dis- went the distance with Muhammad Ali for 15 rounds. And that's, that's just something that uh, Sylvester Stallone was like, oh, I can put that on the screen and make it look badass. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. I would argue that even if this film hadn't won Best Picture, it would still be one of the most iconic pieces of American cinema of all time. It's easily the most iconic film to come out of, this, of that year's Oscars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rocky is synonymous with like, you know, the greats of American film. And I think it would, regardless of awards, it would, it would still be recognized as that kind of film today. Agreed. Well, that is all for Rocky. So let's take a look at what happened this week in film. There we go. A few items. They're working on a biopic of Lemmy Kilmeister, the lead singer of Motorhead, the rock and roll icon, just badass dude. Obviously, they're just going to call it Lemmy. And, uh, yeah, I'm on board. Love Lemmy.
0: Hell, yeah. I, I, I really hope Jack Black has some sort of role within this because he is the one, when I saw School of Rock. Motorhead.
1: Know, yeah,
0: I was like, I, I need to watch. You know, I, I, I need to listen to this band if Jack Black uh, is telling me to. <laughs> Don't
1: tell me you kids have never gotten the let out. Yeah. What are they teaching in this place? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh the next bit of info not part, not really uh as heartwarming as a lemmy biopic. Actor Danny Masterson has been charged with three counts of rape and he's looking to a maximum sentence of 45 to life. And I really hope he gets it. He, that piece of shit <laughs> deserves to burn. Yeah. I'm wondering if the church of Scientology is going to make a statement about this or if they already have, I I don't know. I doubt it. They're probably going to, you know, distance themselves from this kind of scandal. It's what they do.
0: Yeah. Just avoid, avoid and move on act like nothing happened. Yep. Sick son of a
1: bitch. I hope he and Harvey Weinstein are cellmates. Um, And then finally, some sad news. Oscar nominated actor, Ian Holm has died at age 88. Uh, from complications due to Parkinson's disease. We talked a b- lot about Ian Holm on the uh, Film has Podcast when we did Alien. He played Ash the Robot. Uh, in addition, he's appeared in The Fifth Element. Uh, he was nominated for Chariots of Fire, uh, From Hell, Time Bandits, and of
0: course, The Lord of the Rings as Bilbo Baggins. He will be missed. This is a big shock. Yeah, man. Sucks so bad. He's uh, part of so many film fans lives you know it sucks yeah. uh, really bad it's it's one of it touched a lot of people you know uh his work and what he was able to do and and for, for me bilbo baggins is just this uh you know monstrous character that I'll, I'll always hold really dearly and anyone from the lord of the rings but especially bilbo he's one of those first faces you see when you come into the into the shire and are introduced to that uh that awesome Trilogy, so hey, that's tough, man. He's he was a he's he's a great performer. He was, he was. I love. Have you, have you seen Time Bandits? I have, but not not
1: not in a while. He plays Napoleon Bonaparte. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He's, Which is perfect. Yeah,
1: he's a short, you know, height obsessed Napoleon who gets super drunk, and they steal all his stuff. <laughs> and uh it was not the only time he played Napoleon. He played Napoleon quite a couple, quite a few times. Uh. In From Hell, he plays, well, to spoil it, he plays Jack the Ripper, and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love him in The Fifth Element as uh, the priest. There's, he really was just peppered throughout films in various movies. He would pop up all the time. He was always great, and it's a damn shame. Yeah, never saying. took anything away. He was knighted. I didn't know that. He was Sir Ian home. God, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so props. Damn. Well, that is all for this week. Uh,
0: what are we doing next week? Oh man, next week. Well, you know we've been trying to. Uh, this is our third episode here on Oscar Sunday. Thank you for listening, by the way, everybody. Yes. If you've stuck, if you've stuck with us so far, if you are someone who has transferred and continued with Filmgasm to this, that is great news. If you're someone who's just uh, tried this one out, thanks for tagging along. Our first episode we tackled Pulp Fiction of you know it's 1994 and then we did to five blood spike lee from this year 2020 and then we went back to the 70s for rocky right here to tonight and um next week we will be tackling a movie from the 2000s uh from 2001 a movie that i don't think a lot of people have really seen that are uh, our generation right and that's uh, in the bedroom from 2001 yes it's it's going to be an interesting one cuz neither of us have seen it yet uh, we're we're going to be tackling that this week, obviously. I know you own it. Uh, I think it's on Prime right now. So if you want to try to check that out before next week, that'd be great. Because Tom we're going to be... Sissy Spacek, Marissa yeah. Tomei. I
1: great mean, guy. This
0: is yeah, it, it, that's, that's the main draw. Is uh, it's, it's peppered with these Oscar-related and attached actors and actresses. Um, that I, I really like. And I, I've always wanted to see this movie. I, I've heard it's quite intense. Um, very excited for it because it's going to be something different. We did obviously Pulp Fiction and Rocky. Those are two monstrous films that you and I have both seen a handful of times. And Defy Bloods is a brand new film. This is an old one that neither of us have seen or know much about. So it's going be, to be, be a lot of fun. I, I highly encourage you to come back next week if you can and uh, join us for that one. Yes, indeed, and since it is the 2001 Oscars,
1: we will, you know, be discussing some of the other films that were up that year. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Off the top of my head, um, A Beautiful Mind, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Moulin Rouge.
0: Uh, I know I'm blanking on my day. favorite. My favorite movie of the of the decade, Mulholland Drive. Um, <laughs> yeah. Royal Royal Tenenbaums is from that year. You got got a really really cool year. Let's finish out by discussing some of our favorite films of 1976. Yes, please. Let's do that. Are Are there any that didn't really get touched by the Oscars at all, but you're just like, ah, oh, I love that one.
1: One that got a little touched. Um, it did win um, the Oscar for best score, The Omen. Uh, one of the best demonic horror films of all time. I think that should have gotten more attention. But- <laughs>
0: Filmgasm episode.
1: Yes, yes, indeed. Check it out. We talked about that one on Filmgasm off the top of my head. I do not know what episode it was. I'm pretty sure it's in the 20s.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Uh, yeah, what about you? 1976, yeah, I agree with you. The Omen is very, very strong. But my favorite from this year, Taxi Driver is probably my, my favorite of all these ones we've talked about. But my favorite, like personal, would be John Carpenter's uh, Assault on Precinct 13. Hell <laughs> yeah. Another filmgasm episode. <laughs> yes, indeed. And – and I think we both feel very strongly about Carrie, which is also a film of episode. Um, Sissy Spacek is just a goddamn legend. But I, 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 I love this year. I love '76. I, I watched two movies that I had never really heard of. One was called God Told Me to. Um, really interesting movie that's very dark. That I definitely think you should check out, Connor. Okay. And there's the other one, uh, Mikey and Nikki, which I just sent you a review for the other day and that one is directed by written and directed by Elaine May and uh, John Cassavetes is just fucking unbelievable in that movie. So, yes, yeah, the 70s the thing about it is you you see all the ones that are up for stuff, but man oh man, there there are so 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 many hidden gems from that decade and 76 is included in that.
1: Absolutely, man. Well done. This was uh this was fun diving into the uh 76 Oscars and Rocky, particularly. Uh, you can catch From dust Till Dawn on the fil- on the Film Guys and Podcast next Wednesday. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And we'll be doing In the Bedroom next next Sunday. So thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, we'll see you next Sunday. Peace.